Welcome to Detour to Neverland, where you are the author of your own Disney story. There's a lot of satisfaction in developing ideas into realities. And you can find magic in your everyday life. If you do what you really want to do, you feel like you're playing. How can you write your first chapter today? Dreams are how we figure out where we want to go. Life is how we get there. I'm headed this way. We're your hosts, Brendan and Catherine. Welcome back to Detour to Neverland. Today is episode number 268. Today is Marvel Monday, something we've never done before. I promise you we had full intentions. We had this entire episode planned out of what we're going to talk about today. But we spent all day together in the parks, and it was like every downtime that we were just alone in conversation, we kept talking about the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And it just became evident that that's what is really on our minds and what we need to talk about today. Well, and to be honest, it doesn't really help either that we have devoted every spare moment that we have together just completely encompassing ourselves into the MCU. I mean, we're watching The Shield series right now. We're watching everything in order. I finally got to watch um, Captain America, The Winter Soldier. So, I mean, we're all caught up. So just so you guys understand a little bit of our Marvel fandom, it has it's been increasing at an increasing rate. An exponential makes, rate. Yes. And so basically we caught on right before kind of Infinity War is when we decided, all right, we've got to catch up. We had seen a lot of the movies kind of here and there. Bits and pieces. Bits and pieces. We didn't really understand it too much. And then right before Infinity War, we were basically did a crash course where we only watched the movies with Infinity Stones so that we would know everything was going on, which at the time I think was okay, but we had always kind of talked about, all right, we need to go back and watch everything. So we skipped Winter Soldier since there's no Infinity Stones referenced until, spoiler alert, until the end credit scene. Which was mind-blowing. I was not prepared for that. And so now, now we said we were going to go back and we we're going to watch everything, and then we decided, well, what does everything mean? And we've decided every piece of content that Marvel has made, bearing a few things. So we're not watching X-Men right now. I think it, it it's on my agenda to watch at some point. So to go back and watch all the Fox stuff. You've never seen Deadpool either, which is a crime against humanity. I have not, no. Um, but essentially watching all of the... Netflix series, all of the ABC series, and then all of the MCU stuff, the theatrical stuff. So, yeah, we are fully, fully enveloped into a Marvel household. It is taking over. I said today, and I think I, I don't know if it's recency bias, Marvel might have overtaken Star Wars in, in my brain capacity as far as how much thought I'm putting towards it. And it may just be because it's still like ramping up and Star Wars is kind of at a pause point right now, but I don't know. You did. Those words did come out of your mouth. I feel really good about it. That's a big deal. So real quickly, would you, based on what we've watched so far, would you recommend someone watching Agent Carter? You know, I have an unfair bias towards Peggy. 
I mean, was it a great series? No. I liked season one more than season two. And I like the opposite. So, I don't know. It was an interesting series. Uh, The final episode of the second series, they left you with a cliffhanger. So, clearly they were canceled, (laughs) which is super unfortunate. So, I don't know. Agent Carter was okay. It it doesn't really explain anything in the MCU, though. No, I mean you don't get any hidden details, or I don't feel like I just found like this huge missing piece the by f- watching it. I think the first season is better when you talk about like how did Peggy cope with the loss of Cap, which I think is also a relevant question to the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. When we talk about that, it showed a lot of the emotions that she worked through in his absence. Yes. But, and then in season two, they just completely abandoned it. She's like, she's fixed. She's ready to be in love now. <laughs> Pretty Yeah. And see, and I, I didn't like that. I just thought that whole part of it was super weird. I wasn't here for it. It was also super weird because you, the whole time you're watching, you're like, well, this timeline like there's another timeline that exists now where none of this happened because he mm-hmm. went back. So it was hard it was to weird. wrap your mind around. Yeah. Anyway, holy moly, they made a lot of episodes of Agents of Shield. Yeah. It's going to take us a while to get through this. I was not prepared for that at all. I figured it would be like another Agent Carter situation, just like two quick seasons done, knock it out. This is going to be a long process. Anyway, we've rambled too much. We haven't even gotten to the topic that we want to talk about, but we thought it'd be relevant to kind of talk about where our Marvel fandom is right now. We're not experts by any means. I'd say we're still like moderate to right below moderate (laughs) Marvel fans, but we're getting there. Um, Our comic book knowledge is pretty low other than just like what we read online on Reddit or watch on TikTok theory videos. And stuff like that, but... Slim to none over here. We're big fans, though. Yeah. And that's all that matters at the end of the day. So we're going to talk about the first four episodes of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. We're going to do another one of these episodes after the finale of episode six. And so we thought this might be a good little pause point. We're two-thirds of the way through the season. It's been a wild ride so far. And I think it's just good to check in. So I want to start it with... What were your expectations for this show going into it? So coming right off the tail end of WandaVision, which you gave a 10 out of 10, correct? 11 out of 10. Are you kidding? 11 out of 10. What if it didn't have Elizabeth Olsen in it? Then there would be no Wanda. She is Wanda. It's just crazy how obsessed you are with Elizabeth Olsen. We We can't go down this rabbit hole. Right now, you could only do a one hour meet and greet with one person between Taylor Swift and Elizabeth Olsen, which one are you picking? Oh my goodness, Brendan. Um, hmm. I mean, maybe Elizabeth Olsen. Oh my goodness. I know, I've loved Taylor Swift for a long time. 14-year-old Catherine is smacking you in the face right now. <laughs> yeah, uh, but Julie Andrews would top them both. I, I was expecting a Julie Andrews nod. But so to answer your question before we go down a rabbit hole, I I went into this with 
pretty low expectations just because I didn't know anything about these characters, especially Falcon. I knew nothing about him. Because we had never watched Winter Soldier. Exactly. So to me, he was very foreign. I didn't understand kind of how we felt like with WandaVision. I didn't understand why he was getting a show. You know, to me, there would have been other superheroes that would have been more interesting. Now I'm picking up the pieces and I can appreciate his character a little more. But I went in with little expectations. I figured it would be good because to follow WandaVision, I feel like it has to be good. Like I I feel like that bar was set very high. So I feel like anything that comes after just has to be good. Like I will be so disappointed if Loki is terrible. I don't think it will be. But I'm just saying, I feel like the bar just keeps raising. Well, this is a different release order than they originally planned as well, though. This show, Falcon and Winter Soldier, was supposed to be first. WandaVision was supposed to be second and then Loki. But based on when COVID shut down their sets, they were able to finish WandaVision first. They had less to do whenever they were able to open the set back up. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if that changes anything in your mind, but... In the timeline, they're kind of both just a couple of weeks after the after Endgame. Yeah. So I I almost say they might be occurring at the same time. However, you would think that um, they would have told Sam and Bucky, "Hey, there's this really weird thing going on in New Jersey right now." If it was going on at the same time, but they seem they seem a little preoccupied. So maybe that's why they didn't get the memo. So now that we're four episodes in, that I understand where your expectations were. Have they exceeded them? Oh, yes. I mean, I still don't know if it's to the same level of WandaVision, but I do find myself like excited to watch what's going to happen next. And I was trying to think, so we only have two more episodes left, like you said. I was trying to think back to how I felt with two episodes left of WandaVision. And I felt like I was theorizing a lot more, like I was trying to get ahead of everything. And I don't know if that bit us in the butt, and that's why I'm trying not to theorize as much this go around. But like in WandaVision, this is where we found out it was Agatha the whole time. And Monica made her way back in. And, you know, it was just all of these things kind of stacking on top of each other. And I feel like with where... We left off at the end of episode four in Falcon and the Winter Soldier, where we're finding out that John Walker is truly evil. I feel like it's pretty similar. Like we, I feel like now we have our villain, I guess. Obviously, there's a lot going on, but I feel like we finally have someone to pinpoint things on. And that's kind of what happened in WandaVision at this point, too. I feel like it's going to be a little bit neater, like a more of a bow put on the end of this one. However, I do think this season, this series has the opportunity for a season two, where we know that WandaVision was a one and done. It's basically a prelude to uh, Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness. These guys don't really have anything announced after this. 
So in theory, we could just continue them in a series, which I would be perfectly content with. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think I'm pretty similar. I think we were both cautiously optimistic with WandaVision, you know, the WandaVision aftermath, like, all right, we're not getting carried away this time. Like, we're not thinking they're just ripping a hole into the multiverse. Like, it's going to be a more gradual thing. And this was with some characters that we knew a little bit more about rather than Wanda and Vision, I feel like. I feel like we know quite a bit about Bucky. We know a little bit about Sam. But I don't know. You look like you disagree. Well, I didn't know anything about either of them. I just knew Bucky was Cap's friend. I just thought Sam was a... Cap's other friend? Yeah, I just flew around with a fancy like eagle-looking suit. I guess falcon suit. But I didn't know anything about him until recently. So that kind of leads into my first point about I think that using Sam and Bucky as this tool, it's also teaching us so much more about Cap at the same time. About I guess now I have to say about Steve. Mm-hmm. And there was kind of this this underlying plot in all of Steve's story arc that I think even comes more to light now that I think makes his story even better than it already was. And that is that Steve thrived in like this war environment. Like he had lived basically his entire teenage and adult life in war. And you can, now that we're going back and watching the MCU, you can see all these times that he was questioned on that. Ultron questioned him on it and basically said like, do you really want the war to end? Steve, like, can you live as a normal civilian or can you not? In Civil War, Tony challenged him on that same thing. And so I think understanding more of that about Steve teaches us a lot about Sam as well and why Sam meant so much to him. Now that we know Sam's backstory a little bit more of knowing that he was helping soldiers, you know, come back to the civilian life and helping them deal with the trauma and, you know, transitioning and and being okay again. And I think it just further solidifies. Look, I, I thought he thought, I thought he should have gave the shield to Bucky, but now watching this, I fully understand why he couldn't because he, Steve and Bucky are so similar And Steve was smart enough to know that Bucky was going to have the same issues like dealing with being a normal person and being free for the first time in his his adult life. So you think Cap gave it to Sam because he wanted Bucky to feel a sense of freedom? Like he wanted Bucky to be able to hang it up? No. No, the opposite. That's not what I'm saying. No, I'm just, I think Steve knew that Bucky was going to have a tougher time dealing with all of his emotions and dealing with not having a fight to be a part of immediately. I mean, which is definitely what we saw, especially through, I don't remember if it was the third or the second episode where like they made both of them sit down in that therapy session. I mean, I feel like that was pretty eye opening because obviously Sam didn't take it seriously And Bucky was semi-forced to take it seriously. But I feel like just like we've gotten some pretty deep insights into Wanda through this series. Like we're getting some pretty deep insights into 
Sam and Bucky. I think so too. I mean, I think, you know, to finish out that thought on Steve, it's all, it showed how brilliant he was and how much he understood what the shield meant. But even through all of his life experiences, he could not foresee what it was like for Sam to be a black man carrying the shield because he didn't have those life experiences. And I think they proved that point like so subtly, but also like really beautifully, you know, with the introduction of Isaiah at the same time of basically confirming that America wasn't ready for Sam to pick up the shield. And it basically confirmed everything that Sam was afraid of in that moment. And it's nothing that Bucky could have predicted. And it's nothing that Sam could have predicted because they have not had those same life experiences. They have not lived in the, in the U S you know, then in that same fashion. So I think it's, it's, um, I don't know. I just really like that kind of confirmation of how Steve left this and now how they are having to pick up the pieces and move forward. So I don't want to say too much about that yet because I feel like at the end, we're going to talk about what we think is going to happen later. And I feel like I'm going to bring some of that back up. So I'm going to press pause where you just left off, but we're going to come back to it again. Okay. Okay. So let's talk about some of these other characters. Cause there's a lot of people that we need to break down besides just Sam and Bucky. So do we need to start with Sam first since we're already talking about him? I mean, I just, yeah, I mean, I don't know what else to say about him. I just think he is, I'm really interested to see how this story, this plot line plays out with his sister. I don't really know what it means so far. Well, I was going to ask, is this the first time that we're getting to know anything about his family? I believe so. So we have no clue. You know, this could turn into another WandaVision thing where we get more of his backstory. Because right now, all we know is that he's had, you know, some hardships in his family. And his sister held down the fort while he was being Falcon. And his parents are gone. His parents are gone. And there's a lot there. And obviously, they are... They're not getting the help that they need, and they're they're struggling in that sense. Well, and I think this introduction of his sister and his nephews also just kind of, you know, because Anthony Mackie, the actor, and Sam have a lot of similarities in that they're very sarcastic, they're very, you know, hard exterior, but, you know, like to take jabs, especially at Bucky, and I think, you know, that happens both with the actors and with the characters as well. But showing his family and how much it means to him and this family legacy and carrying on this tradition of his parents, of the boat and and the food and everything along with that, it makes him way more relatable, I think. So I'm wondering, since we've talked about like future Avengers and people to come... I don't know if you know the answer to this, but do his nephews play any sort of role in like future superheroes since so many of these kids that we see do supposedly have future roles or are they just, I've never heard that. Okay. I, 
I don't think so. I think this story is more about his sister than his nephews. Gotcha. I just wasn't sure. And But his sister's married, correct? I almost think in like episode one, I don't know, there was another, there was a man there and I I thought it was his brother-in-law, but that might not have been true. It doesn't matter. I don't know. What else do you, what are your other thoughts about Sam? Um, I'm honestly just trying to figure out, I mean, obviously there's some sort of connection to Bucky. I'm still just trying to figure out if he really does feel like he did the right thing by getting rid of the shield or if that was just like the safer choice. Like, I feel like he doesn't talk about it much and I don't know if what just happened with, um, Walker is going to change anything, but I feel like I just can't get a, a grasp on what he really thinks about it. Well, if you think about what all he's been through, and you think about like his most pivotal role was in Civil War with the Sokovian Accords. So he has a built in distrust of the government. And then you also go back to how his partner was killed when he was in was it the Army or the Air Force? Air Force? I mean, he flew. When he was in the military. Mm-hmm. And there, he had questions about that. Of did, Were they really telling him the truth of how his partner died? So I think he just has this built-in mistrust of the government. So you think he was hesitant and he just maybe didn't want a part in it? I think so. I mean, I think he maybe didn't want, I think there's so much, you know, glitz and glamour that comes with the shield and with the title that, and you have to report to a lot of people and, you know, you, you kind of are in a tool of the government. And I wouldn't think that he's very interested in that based on his history. I'd say more so a puppet, but tool works too. I mean, Steve wasn't a puppet, though. Steve wasn't, but this guy is. Okay. This new guy. All right. How are you feeling about Bucky right now? Um, I really like Bucky. Bucky's probably my favorite. Did you not like have much of an affinity for him before? No. I mean, I think I did just because Steve was very fond of him, obviously. And like, I, you know, I'm kind of the same way. I get very attached to everything you know and i i kind of like that about steve is that he was very loyal and he was very attached and he didn't want to give up on bucky so i mean but that was all i really knew about him i just i want to know more i want to keep peeling back all of those layers and i just i don't know i think he's so interesting well yeah i mean i think it's it is unimaginable to think about the guilt that he feels about everything. And like, he's constantly wrestling knowing that it wasn't him doing all these things, but it was him. Yeah. But at the same time. Yeah. Do you think we're done with Mr. Nagasaki or do you think they'll bring him back? Do you think that was just a way of showing that Bucky is not okay with everything? Or do you think Bucky is still going to go back and try to fix that? I don't know. I honestly, there's so much else going on. I kind of forgot about him for a minute. Um, I don't know. See, that's again, like there are just so many little loose ends or so many things that we've been introduced to 
that it's like in two episodes, how are you going to do it? I mean, and that's why, like you said, maybe there's going to be a season two. I think if there's anything that these Disney Plus series have shown us is that they will wait years to tie up a loose end. (laughs) Think about all of the things that like we're learning years from now, like WandaVision answered so many questions about Age of Ultron and Captain Marvel as well. Now, this series is answering so many questions about Civil War and about Winter Soldier. And so, yeah, I mean, I don't think they're scared to leave things open-ended and then go back and continue to enhance things later on. Yeah, so I don't know. I think... I just think with everything else going on, I don't know if we're going to see much more of that. But I do think it's interesting that they showed us that part of him. And like that he is, I mean, he was actively trying to like form a relationship and like work on himself. And, you know, again, it kind of makes me think of like that very dark, sad part of Wanda. Like this is a very dark, sad part of Bucky. Well, and that's what I love so much about these series is that like we all left Endgame obviously sad over Tony and sad over Vision and, you know, all these other things. But more than anything, you were relieved that Thanos was defeated, the world was going back to normal. And now they're saying like, well, they couldn't have went through all this and not have problems. Like Wanda's not okay. Bucky's not okay. These people called the Flag Smashers, they're not happy with how everything has shaken out. So it's, um, I don't know, I love that it's just not, they're they're still poking at that this monumental event that happened in the MCU. They're still like pulling threads on that. And is this, I mean, is this how like the comic books would have been too? You're asking the wrong person. Okay. I, I mean, know. but yeah, I mean, the comic books are just so different because, like, the runs and the series are more like they start over whenever the heck they want to. Yes. Yeah. I mean, they don't have to follow any, any kind of timeline. It, yeah. It's not like Spider Man goes issue one through issue 10,000. Yeah. It's all over the place. Yeah. So they can kind of. In the movies, they can kind of pull from wherever they want to. But yes, there is a lot of stuff, especially about Isaiah Bradley and about John Walker as well. There are quite a few comics about that. So let's talk about your favorite person. Zemo. Zemo. He's awesome. (laughs) You have a type. You're saying like Loki and Zemo? Yeah. I just love a good, sarcastic villain. But is he a villain? That is the question. I mean, obviously, he's he's done some pretty bad things. I think Zemo is... I mean, I think that that's his similarity to Loki as well, is that you can... you We obviously disagree with his methods of get, getting his point across and to achieving his goals. But you can also really understand Zemo. And I think the biggest thing that is glaringly obvious in this series is that Zemo has a moral code that he follows. 
I'm not saying it's the best moral code, but he does have standards and a code that he lives by. Now, he is, it's very interesting. Is he going to stab them in the back at the very end of this? You'd have to think he's going to try to. Well, the question, I mean, yeah, right now he's separated from them. He left when he saw his opportunity, which, you know, who could blame him? Loki's done the same thing if we're comparing your favorite villains. But it's like, where is he now? What is he doing? Is he still after Carly? Probably. You know, just like, where is he? I think his discussion about super soldiers, about being supremacist, is it really makes you think, you know, because he's basically saying that Steve was the only one who could separate being a super soldier and being a supremacist. Like he's the only one who's been able to hold those two ideas separately. And Bucky's standing there right in front of him. And Bucky feels the same way, but obviously he was used in such a different manner that I think Bucky agrees with him. I mean, obviously. Yeah, I mean, you almost can't argue with what Zemo was saying, even though I'm sure it hurts a little to hear it. And again, it wasn't Bucky's fault. Well, it was Zemo's fault. Well, <laughs> well, for part of it, not for the whole, not for everything, but yeah. I don't know. I'm interested to see how he shakes out. Do you think he's more involved with the Flag Smashers or with the Power Broker than he's letting on? Because obviously he was still pretty connected to the world, even being in prison. Oh, yeah. I mean, he he's still got to have some connections in pretty high places in, is it Madripoor? Yeah. So I feel like there's more there than we know. And maybe in these next few episodes, we'll see some new or some different ties. Or just, I don't know. I I need to see these, I don't, what are the warriors from Wakanda? Oh, I don't, I can't remember their actual names. I need them to come back and I need to see how all of that's going to play out. You I just want to see him kick John Walker's butt. Well, that too. I'm not even talking about, I want to see what they're going to say slash do to Zemo if they get a hold of him. Because that's why they're there. So I feel like we have not seen the last of them. They're out there hunting for him. So I don't know. The one thing I'll say is that the actor who plays Zemo was doing an interview and they asked him, should people trust Zemo? And he said, absolutely not. So that makes me think that he has ulterior motives. They always do. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. Hold your tears back. Tell me, do you think there's any chance that we get either like a CGI or maybe it's something like unused footage? Do we see T'Challa at all? Even if it's just like a shot from behind him or something, you know? You mean like coming after Zemo? Yeah. Kind of thing? I don't know. That's one where I'm... I almost can't let myself think that way or else I'm going to be very disappointed. You know, like, again, we built up so many things for WandaVision that just didn't happen that I'm almost scared to allow myself to, you know, conjure up these grandeur things. 
Do you think it's more likely we see Shuri? I would say it's more likely. But again, maybe that would be like a season two thing if they were to do that, you know, and they could expand. Or Black Panther 2. And they could expand more on like Bucky, because obviously Bucky has so many ties to Wakanda, and that would be a way that we learn more about him. Yeah, I don't know. I just, there's obviously going to be something with T'Challa at some point. And I don't know if I'm ready for it to happen now. I, I'd i be a puddle. I'm being completely honest. Ready or not. That's one of those we cannot watch that episode in the morning because I'll be done for the rest of the day. Cancel <laughs> the plan. we're not going to know. <laughs> Cancel the rest of the day. I'm, 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 I'm in a, trouble. I'm a puddle. Yeah. Get the cookie dough. All right, Sharon. Sharon. Is she a villain or is she not? Well, truth be told, I've never been a fan of Sharon because I don't like the idea that, I don't know, I just don't like her. Never have. she's related to Peggy? Yeah. I just, she kissed Steve once, didn't like it, wasn't here for it. Um... So yeah, I'm. I could see her being a villain here. You She's had a theory up that, to something bigger. Yeah, you had a theory that she was the power broker. I think she definitely could be. If not, she's working for the power broker. She kn- she knows a lot more about the power broker. I mean, she's obviously spent some time in Madripoor. She does very well for herself. She's got a lot of connections. It's just hard to understand, like why, like I okay. I do understand why she would be upset that in the wake of civil war, you know, all of these other people who were involved got pardoned and celebrated, but she did not. But why didn't she? I don't know the answer to that. Like, did they just forget about her? I don't know. You know, like, cause I feel like there's no reason why she couldn't have been pardoned unless she had some sort of bigger, I mean, what, she stole their suits? I mean, honestly, isn't that what it was? She stole them and gave it to them? Yeah, I don't know. So it's just, it's just hard to imagine like that would drive all of this. So if she is bad, I want them to do, just give me a 20-second flashback and explain why. Like it has to be- Kind of like what we got for Agatha, like yeah. a little snippet. Yeah, just, it's got to be something more than- you guys all got to go free and I didn't. I mean, I know that's a big deal, but she kind of, being an undercover agent, you you kind of know that that's the risk that you're running. Is that you could end up on the wrong side of one of these deals. So, but maybe uh, she's mad because she feels like they should have helped her. Then that same question persists, and I think that's what Loki is going to answer for us, is... If Steve went back and lived his life with Peggy. Which he better have. Well, he did. I mean, we saw them dancing. Like, is that in this timeline or did that create a new timeline? I'm leaning toward created a new timeline. And so it didn't happen in this one. So I'm just saying, like, then Sharon would have grown up knowing Steve. Because he would have been there the whole time. Mm-hmm. But that's just, that's where my little brain can't 
compete all the time travel the time travel gets me that's what i really hope loki like helps us figure out that is just gonna make our minds explode but that's what in i can't remember that's infinity warrior endgame that's what the sorcerer supreme was telling them like you can't do this because you're going to create these ripple of timelines and you will never be able to fix it yeah so I would imagine that's probably what's at play here. I mean, because even in that Loki trailer, there's the one where you can tell that New York fell during Avengers, that Loki was successful in that one. I mean, that's what the picture looks like. It looks like New York is in ruins, and you can assume that's going back to Avengers. And the uh, Well, I didn't assume that. And the aliens won. And Loki won. I don't know. Obviously, Loki would want to spend more time in that uh, timeline. In that realm. If he was successful. Yeah. I don't know. Jerry's still out on Sharon. I don't have a good feeling. I have a better feeling about her, though, than some of these other people that we're about to talk about. John Walker? John Walker. I asked you the other day, do you hate John Walker or Thanos more? And I said... Again, I don't know if it's recency bias, but it might be John Walker. Because, and I'll tell you why. Because Thanos, obviously a terrible villain, terrible guy, hate him. But somewhere deep inside him, like he truly thought he was doing the right thing. Like he really believed that by wiping out half of the population, he was doing a good thing. And... To me, John Walker just seems like a baby. Like, he just seems very insecure. He wants all of this recognition, appreciation. He wants the action. I mean, like, he just, he wants his cake and he wants to eat it too. Like, he, I just feel like he's very jealous. I feel like he can't control his emotions. And that's obviously what happened after his partner was killed in this last fight. And I have a lot of problems with all of that too. Lamar. Lamar, you know, and that, that would be a hard thing to cope with, but he went from zero to 12,000. But do you have any sympathy for him? No. You don't think that he was put into an impossible situation. I'm just, I think he was probably chomping at the bit though, for that impossible situation. See, I don't know if he asked, I don't know if he wanted this. I think he did. I think he was approached to be Captain America, and who could say no to that? And I don't think he could fully understand everything that that meant in that moment. But I feel like everything since then, he's been on this power trip. I mean, yeah, I think he's been completely consumed by it. Where he's just trying to like prove himself, but to the point where... He can't even listen to like logic, like reasoning. And then he went behind everybody's back and took the super serum. Did you ever think that we would that Marvel would show a shot with blood dripping off of the shield? And he definitely made a statement. It's pretty bold. I think I closed my eyes because I didn't know what was gonna happen. <laughs> I mean, it's and it's pretty symbolic, I think, for everything that they're trying to prove in this. 
as well. And I think it's also foreshadowing for where we're going to go. But I'll save that till the end. Okay. Um, Carly, any thoughts on her? I, I'll start. I think the Flag Smashers are the weakest part of this show. And I'm trying to just view them more so as they are the tool that exposed John Walker for who he really was. And that's really all there is to it. Because if you ask me to explain what the Flag Smashers are mad about, I can get basically to say they don't like how the world is after all the people from the blip returned. They don't like how the GPC is handling it. And that's pretty much it as far as understanding their methodology. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that's pretty safe to say. I feel like, I don't know, I'm struggling here with what to say about them. Because I feel like, like you said, they are exposing John Walker. I also feel like they've, I don't know if exposed is a good word, but they've exposed like Sam's true character too, to the point where like he went in, he wanted to talk. Like he got to showcase like his strength and what Steve would have admired so much about him. And it's showing that Carly obviously has a lot of holes in what she's doing. And I think it proved like she's starting to connect the dots. Like I think she knows that what she's doing isn't great. I think she just feels very lost, which is what Sam was also trying to get to. So, I mean... So, do you think that's the point in showing the frustration that Sam has of getting the loan for his sister is basically just show that he is, like, everything's not perfect in his life and that he does still have struggles and still, you know, recognize that people are at disadvantages? Probably. And, you know, I mean, it even, it just made you think about an interesting point, like, oh, well, you're a superhero. Like, don't you have it all? Like, isn't everyone like Tony Stark? But like, no, there's, there's all these other people. There's Bucky's and Sam's and Wanda's who like still have nothing. You know, they don't all live like this life of luxury just because they're a superhero. So, you know, it also brings up an interesting just way of looking at them. I think, I don't know, was Carly our last person to talk about? No, I have a few more I want to talk about. You have more. Okay. Well then I got to save my last point for later. I'm just curious if you think we'll see Isaiah Bradley anymore. I do. In this, in the last two episodes? I do. I feel like we have to. I feel like they can't drop that bomb on us and just, walk away now like you said they're very comfortable doing that i just feel like i just i just don't think they can i feel like he's still so necessary especially especially now that they have like an evil cap out there i feel like they're gonna need bucky they're gonna need at least isaiah's insight as to maybe how he's feeling or, you know, I don't know. They're going to need help. So is the help, does that come in the form of Eli Bradley, his grandson? So in the comics, he becomes Patriot, who is part of the Young Avengers. Do you think that happens in this series? My only question of that would be, 
Like, does his grandson have any sort of super natural ability or is he just like a good person? I don't know what his powers are, but obviously hearing his grandfather's story, he would hate the super serum as much as anybody. Yes. So he's obviously motivated. But, is, but you know, Zemo hates the super serum. That's so what I'm saying. Like, if they need extra manpower, like, is it... Could Eli volunteer and come on board with him? I, I think we know Eli's coming at some point. I mean, and this might be a good time to talk about the Young Avengers, you know, for anybody who's interested. It seems, it appears as if the Young Avengers are being assembled through all of these different titles. So we would assume that Eli Bradley is part of it. We would assume that Kate Bishop is part of it, who is who Hawkeye is going to be training in their series. We would assume that Cassie Lang, Ant-Man's daughter, is going to be a part of it. And then Tommy and Billy from WandaVision will become Wiccan and Speed. Didn't you say uh, Morgan Stark? And Morgan Stark as well has the potential to be in there. So they're kind of building up these... People who are at different age groups, but within the next 10 years, they will all be of age to begin fighting. And who knows how old Tommy and Billy will be when they come back. (laughs) I would assume Morgan Stark is the youngest at this point of all of those. So she may take quite a bit longer, depending on how much. Unless she's like a child prodigy genius. Yeah. Which she could be. So I don't know if Cassie Lang will be an Ant-Man or a Wasp or an Ant-Woman or a Wasp or a different insect. I don't know. I don't know. But it's uh, but Eli will be part of that group. And you might... Oh, and Miss Marvel is the other one that will be part of it. So I, I don't know. I'd love to, for them to go ahead and show us that Eli is going to become... Patriot here and now, even if it's like an end credit scene, I I would be pleased with that. Oh, that would be a good end credit scene in like the last uh, episode or something. Well, maybe you see Isaiah, you know, give him his old costume or something. Costume's not the right word. Suit. Suit. Outfit. Yeah. Armor. You know, or pieces of it. And that's what kicks off Eli's journey as... As Patriot. But did Isaiah have a suit? Because isn't that why... I asked you this, like, how did he get put in jail? Wasn't it because he stole or... Bo- I don't want to say stole. In borrowed. the comics, it's because he stole the Captain America suit and used it on a mission. But basically, they set him up. Well, yeah. Yeah, it would be a setup. But that makes me wonder, you know, why didn't he have his own or maybe he just used his military uniform or something. Yeah. I don't know. I hope we get to see them at least one more time during those last two episodes. Because, I mean, Isaiah's Isaiah's story could be a movie within itself. Oh, absolutely. All right. I think I'm done with characters. Did you have... It sounded like you had a bomb to drop. Well, I don't know if I'd say I have a bomb to drop, but I just have... So, like, thinking about loose ends and what is probably going to happen because I feel like we have to make some predictions. 
and then we're locked into it, at least for now. So if we completely butcher this, we can go back at the end of this and say, what were we thinking? But my thought process right now, as far as like Carly and Isaiah, I feel like we've pretty much talked about Isaiah. I do feel like we're going to see him again. I feel like he's going to be very important in just, I don't know, about defeating John Walker, if that's the right word, or helping contain him. I could see him being useful in that, or he can help Sam when Sam takes on the shield of being like his mentor, almost. My other prediction that involves Carly is just that like now that she watched John Walker kill like her partner, you know, the person who she trusted and confided in. I don't, do you know his name? I don't even know his name. I just thought that line about him saying that he grew up a Captain America fan was hit you in the heart. It's so sad. Um, But I just feel like, you know, that's going to impact her a lot. So are you thinking she's going to switch? Absolutely. I think... Is she a young Avenger? uh, Well, okay, let's not get carried away. I No, no, no. No, no, no. But I do think she was already reaching out to Sam. Like, obviously she went a very bad route of threatening his sister and his nephews. I don't think she actually would have done anything because I don't think... I don't know if she has it in her. She, she is a kid. She bomb that other place. She bombed that place. But I feel like she was genuinely reaching out for help. Like I I could see the wheels turning. I feel like Sam made a difference. And I feel like now she's going to snap. And I don't know if she is going to completely trust Sam. Can you say snap when we're talking about the MCU? Just um, like twitched a little bit. <laughs> but I do feel like she's going to be out for vengeance. And she she's going to know that Bucky and Sam are going to be her best route for that. And I think maybe she's going to start to see maybe some of the flaws with the Flag Smashers. Like, they were not going about this the right way. Now they don't have any serum. Now the, um, what's the head guy? The guy who's in charge of Madripoor. Oh, the power broker. The power broker is after her because he wanted it back. He, or she, she, it, yeah, the person. We don't know who it is. They want it back. She's at a dead end. She's going to need help. She has nothing. So I'm expecting some sort of alliance. I think Bucky's going to be very hesitant, but I think Sam will make it happen. Will that draw Zemo back in, you think? Because Zemo wants to eliminate Carly and John. Or but do you think he? if Carly joins really? their team, do you think that it'll just be John? I don't know. I don't know either. Because obviously Zemo has like forgotten about Bucky. You know, like just like, oh, okay, it's just Bucky, like whatever. You know, like could he overlook Carly? Or someone else, like if they choose to use their power for good. Well, that's what I'm saying. It could be like this weird thing where Zemo comes back and he's fighting both of them. And then the Wakandans come in. 
And kick his butt. And kick his butt. I don't know. But then my my ultimate and my final prediction is that I do think that Sam is going to end up with the shield. I don't know if they're going to steal it back from Sam. That's kind of what I'm thinking because I think Bucky is not going to stand for any of this nonsense anymore. I think he's going to be super heated. I mean, just like rage-filled, crazy arm madness. And How I funny think- was that line whenever she unhooked his arm? He's like, did you know it could do that? <laughs> no. <laughs> I, just, I just feel like he's, he's going to be a mess. He's not going to be happy. So I feel like that, that's going to happen. And I don't know if Sam will publicly become Captain America in these last two episodes, but I think they'll get the shield back. And I think it might lead to Sam maybe taking those steps. Do you think John Walker dies or does he go on to become U.S. agent like in the comics? Okay, so this is where you might have to explain this theory. So in the comics, U.S. agent goes, so John Walker becomes U.S. agent. And I've never read these. So this is more just like me regurgitating information that I've heard in the past. But U.S. agent basically works in like the shadow government. Are they good? Are they bad? Who really knows? Probably they get bad. Like special assignments. And there's also a linkage there to a group called the Thunderbolts, which are a U.S. government team of super soldiers. and Undercover. Undercover. And U.S. agent is part of those. And they report to General Ross, who, this is like a way throwback is the villain in The Incredible Hulk, like the one from 2008. Talk about planting a seed early. <laughs> they don't even have the same Hulk anymore. And so... Our Hulk is better. So that's the question is, does this lead into the Thunderbolts, who they've teased for a really long time in the MCU? Will they finally put them together? Will they bring back General Ross? And will John join them? I I think that's a logical step into which direction they're going to go. Now, will they actually call them the Thunderbolts? I think that name's kind of lame, but who knows? Maybe they'll think of something cooler. It'll just be the idea of the Thunderbolts. But Thunderbolts, they've kept all the, they've, I mean, have they changed any other names or anything like that so far? I, I don't know. Thunderbolts sounds like a kickball team to me. It's, I mean, so, okay, so maybe the comic book writer who came up with it wasn't, like, that creative. But I don't know if you can just get rid of that. I don't know. Um, and, yeah, I, so I think what this kicks off is it kicks off the Young Avengers, maybe further solidifies the Young Avengers, and then it also hopefully leads into this Thunderbolt story that will come eventually. So there was another discussion and it's a very minor theory that I've seen out there as are there any scrolls in this? So we know scrolls played a big part and and I say big part. They play a role in WandaVision at the very end. We know scrolls have been around for a long time. Captain Marvel solidified that. So 
could Sharon be a scroll? Could anybody else be a scroll? I don't think they would do that in this series. I think they like to keep the scrolls like near Captain Marvel since they're so closely linked. And Monica well, makes sense for that standpoint in WandaVision. None of these people in this series have a connection to scrolls. Well, I was going to say they keep them close to Nick Fury because weren't they even in Spider-Man? So this is another theory that we have. I've latched onto it. I don't know where, how far along you are. But there's this other theory out there in that Talos, who is the head scroll in Captain Marvel, and Fury have been switched for who knows how long. We Basically, kn- this entire it would have to be this like entire time. Yeah, because we know in Spider Man he reveals himself. Mm-hmm. So how far back does it go? Yeah, I guess the theory isn't that they switch because that's confirmed. But how far back does it go? And some people say it goes as far back as like Winter Soldier. That that would that when Fury died, quote unquote, and Winter Soldier. That's when Talos and he had the chance to switch. And so has Fury just been up floating with the scrolls for the past 25 years? And Talos has really been the one calling the shots. All this to say, that's I don't think that has anything to do with this series just because, like you said, it hasn't overlapped all that much. So I'd be shocked if they like showed us in some sort of end credit scene that one of these people was a scroll. Well, and my brother brought up a good point. Like they can't overuse that. They like literally every time they like get to a reveal, they can't be like, oh, that's a scroll, that's a scroll, that's a scroll, that's a scroll. <laughs> like they don't want to go down that route. We know that Secret Invasion is coming as a movie, and that's going to be all about the scrolls and what all they've infiltrated. Surely they will save most of it for that. Yeah, because they want to blow our mind then. All right, last crazy theory. Do you think Wolverine shows up? See, this is another one of those that I have a hard time attaching myself to just because I really got my hopes up. So the only reason that we do know that there is a cameo, and this is not like WandaVision where it was fan-driven, the director of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier said in episode five, there is a cameo of someone that shows up that has never been in the MCU before. Okay, but remember that one time when my love, um, Wanda, told us that there was a Luke Skywalker-level cameo? She didn't really cameo. say that, though. That's what you told me. It was taken out of context, what she said. Now, look, if people want to go back to listen to our WandaVision episode, I think COVID messed up a lot of what they were trying to do there. So I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to put it into that same boat. This came out from the director. He said, there's a cameo in episode five. Okay, so your vote for cameo is Wolverine. I don't know. So then who's your vote? I think it could be Zola. Now, he Zola is. has shown up before. He is the Hydra um, scientist. Oh, is that the little guy who yeah. was in the computer? Yeah. So, yeah. Then in Winter Soldier, he's the algorithm, and he's in the computer 
but he even mentions there that he has found a way to have a mechanical body with his conscious and with his head. So I think technically that could be a loophole of that this version of Zola has not shown up in the MCU. And obviously, there's been hints all along in Falcon and Winter Soldier that Hydra is still active. And so I think it could be the opportunity that Zola comes back just in a different form. Do you have a... I don't know. because I was not prepared for you to say that. Or could it be Patriot? Could Patriot be the cameo? They've already introduced him. I mean, we know that kid's name was Eli. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that satisfies what he said either. But So a cameo that we've never seen before. Not in the MCU is what he said. So that's why people would say Wolverine. Because he's never been in the MCU. And he has, in the comics and in other stuff, he has this connection to Madripoor. So he could be the power broker, is one theory. Again, I don't, I'm so scared to like go down these routes. I'm setting myself up. I'm going to be pleased with whatever they do. They can put anything <laughs> on the screen and I'm going to be happy. Anything. Pretty much anything. As long as they're not all scrolls. Every single one of them. Yeah, that would be a train wreck. So I don't know. I, you know, and if they do Wolverine, that brings up so many other questions of, is it Hugh Jackman? If it's not Hugh Jackman, why? Why are you doing this to us? That'd be like recasting Iron Man. You just can't. Well, then it would have to be. I mean, it would have to be. But Hugh Jackman has said he's done with the role. He did it for so long. He's getting old. Older is what I should say. There's not like a Wolverine Jr. out there. (laughs) Any kind of comic books that we need to know about? I don't know. I mean, my big hesitation of going towards Wolverine is, does it, we keep coming back to the X-Men just because of Pietro. And so like, I'm scared of going down the Ralph Boner drive. Are you? Do you want to go down that road again? Because I don't. I No, I don't. That's why I said, like, I'm trying to keep my expectations super low. I've been super pleased with how everything's played out. I highly enjoy the one-hour-ish episodes compared to the little 20-minute episodes that WandaVision gave us. 18 minutes of credits. Yeah. You know, that just infuriated me. So, you know, I like... I like where this is going. It's much more typical Marvel. It feels like you're watching a Captain America movie. Absolutely. Which there's don't mess up a good thing. It's excellent. And I'm hoping Loki will feel like we're watching a Thor movie that is not titled The Dark World. Hopefully it's just Ragnarok. That would be good. Any other thoughts? We went over an hour for our very first Marvel Monday episode. Yeah, that's not shocking. I don't know if this is going to be a series or not. It's just some like we just had to talk about it. We're going to have a lot to talk about forever. So Marvel is not slowing down on content. That is for sure. I think that's it. I mean, I I'm pretty confident in my predictions because I'm not going too crazy. So I'm excited to see what happens. 
And if anyone does have any crazy predictions. Do you think Lamar is actually dead? Why? I'm just. Why are you going to throw that out there? Just spitballing. No, I can't believe that anyone dies because in everything that we've watched, they literally bring everyone <laughs> back to life. They brought Agent Colson back. They brought um, Sky back. They bring. Well, you've just named it two people Director from Agents Fury. of Shield. Okay. They brought him back. Okay. They brought Bucky back. I thought Bucky died. Everyone thought Bucky died. Loki faked his death. Quite a few times, might I add. I don't know. Is Tony really dead? Don't. Too I'm far. Just, I'm just saying. Too far and too I'm soon. Just, I'm just saying. They do this to us a lot. I don't know. Lamar was like his only... Voice of reason, I think. So I think without him, John is going to lose it even more. But Lamar totally got into his head about taking a super serum. But he didn't know that's what he was talking about. Maybe he should have. As his best friend, confidant, maybe he should have. That's the only thing I thought about is, what if John only took like a half dose of the super serum and he, and he gave the rest to Lamar? And now they're both like they half it, super serum. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They baseballed it. <laughs> the super serum. I don't know. I mean, can oh my god, that would that would be crazy if like he's standing there, he's got the blood on the shield, and Lamar like walks up like, dude, what'd you do? <laughs> that would be nuts. Yeah. Then right. they'd both have to go into hiding. We gotta save the rest of this conversation for another episode that nobody asked for. <laughs> So we will be back on Thursday for a more typical episode on One Little Spark. It'll be about wonder this time. So we look forward to bringing that to you then. In the meantime, if you got any enjoyment or, um, I don't know, value, <laughs> any of the <laughs> Out of pause, our ramblings. Out of our ramblings. We would really appreciate an iTunes review. It is absolutely the best way to help us and the podcast grow it just tells people on there. It introduces our shows and shows it as a suggested listen for them. So we would really appreciate that. Thank you so much for those of you who have given us an iTunes review. We hope you have a wonderful start to your week, and we will talk to you on Thursday. Thank you for listening to Detour to Neverland. Make sure you subscribe and leave us an iTunes review if you enjoyed the show. Between episodes, you can find us on Instagram at Detour to Neverland or visit DetourToNeverland.com. We appreciate you letting us be part of your day. See you real soon.